When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Hey everyone, I am Matt Williamson. This is my first ever podcast directly here for DK. First off, it's been great to be a part of the site. DK has been great to work for. Obviously, I know Dale Lawley extremely well. We've done tons of work in the past. But most enjoyable thing so far has been all the feedback I've gotten from you subscribers. And with all the articles, I've been writing one article a week, uh, checking all the comments. Uh, the interaction on the comment page is great. I uh, hosted a live cues with you guys and tons of compliments. And it's been a very positive experience for me. And it sounds like you guys are enjoying my work as well. So... This, as I mentioned, is my first podcast for the site, and I'm going to be doing one just by myself, you know, 20 minutes, half hour, as much as see where things take me type of thing. Uh, No real parameters, no real rules. The only thing is it'll probably be something different than the article I write that given week, you know, the, the, I wrote about, you know, I've been writing about new additions, so I'm not just going to focus on one player for the podcast, but what I decided I'm going to do and subject to change, again, there's all kinds of freedom here. I can do whatever I want. Is p- pick a position group and do a segment on it or a whole podcast on it. See how long things go, how much I have to say. Because probably a lot of you are hearing my you know, voice and opinion for the first time. So I think there's nowhere better to start than the quarterback position for the Steelers. And uh, I promise also to, you know... Uh, have some comments about the division, the league as a whole. I think I bring that to the table more than most, you know, uh, Pittsburgh only reporters or, you know, analysts. And a big reason I'm here as well to give you a perspective of how the Steelers stack up against the rest of the league. Um, at quarterback, though, I'm not sure it's as big a deal. I mean, we have a pretty good idea that the, the team does not have Pat Mahomes or Josh Allen or one of these guys, and they're trying to piece it together to some degree. Um, and that, that is what they're doing. You know, they're, they're trying a couple options. They don't have much money spent at that position. You'll see me bring up salary cap space a lot and team building and structuring from a financial standpoint, which I think is more and more important in the league than ever, you know? So if they have a cheap quarterback room, you're going to be able to go add Levi Wallace and people like that, that they might not have in the past. So I'm going to, you know, there's four guys in, in the mix right now. Let's go from four to one. And briefly, I want to talk a little bit about uh, Chris Oladonikon. And he was the, you know, the the last pick in the draft by the Steelers, 241 overall. 
Um, he's 6'2", a little under 200 pounds, a plus athlete, which I think is important here. We're going to be talking about athleticism and movement a lot at this position, much more than we did in the past in Matt Canada's offense. Maybe I should just get that out of the way. Being a great runner, to me, isn't the utmost importance in this offense, but you're going to have to be mobile. You're going to have to have good ball skills, boot legs, you know, take advantage Great example is when the Steelers played the Chargers this past week and they would give Herbert big running lanes and he would just take them and eat up eight yards, slide first down, break the defense's back. I think the Steeler quarterbacks have to do that. And obviously Ben no longer could, Um, you know, this, I don't say new regime because it's not, but new, new, you know, quarterback room inherits Mason Rudolph, who can do a little bit of that, but I don't think enough. We'll get to him in a minute. And I'm not going to harp on Dwayne Haskins passing, but he wasn't mobile enough. He probably, both those guys are probably under the line in terms of mobility they were looking for. Although I thought both worked on it and got better which certainly I'm sure was stressed by this, you know, the Matt Canada led team that, you know, we're going to try to stress getting a little quicker on your feet, you know, but anyway, back to Oluwetikon and I, I butcher his name. I understand that. Why would they draft two quarterbacks in the same draft? Well, the logic behind that's pretty simple folks is if I am an undrafted free agent, which he was scheduled to be, if someone, if the Steelers don't take him, what's the chances he goes in the next couple of picks? Who knows? Maybe he does, whatever. But there's going to be a fourth camp arm any way you cut it. So I've done this before. When I was a scout for the Browns, you guys can blame me, but I was responsible for getting Josh Cribbs to the Browns as an undrafted free agent. Well, that was a very attractive spot for Josh Cribbs because we were a bad team. He had a really good chance to make the team where the Steelers are a extremely unattractive spot for an undrafted free agent quarterback this year. I mean, frankly, if I'm sitting there and the draft goes by and I'm a young man that still has some opportunities, I'd rather go to the Chiefs and the Steelers. Well, why do you say that, Matt? I mean, they have Pat Mahomes. Well, you're not going to be the starter anyway. At least in Kansas City, I might get some reps. I mean, this fourth quarterback, this unfortunate seventh round pick, is going to get little attention, little practice reps, practice reps and preseason reps or something we're going to have to talk about a ton between now and opening day because that's a real challenge for Canada, the quarterback coach, Tomlin, divvying up who gets reps, who gets time. Because if you draft a quarterback in the first round that could potentially be in the mix as a starter, an undrafted free agent here would get zero attention. So you draft one instead of trying to recruit one. And so you get your pick of the litter. Seventh round pick safety or guard probably doesn't make the team anyway. This guy's almost guaranteed to be on the practice squad, especially if Rudolph gets moved, which is possible. But here's the beauty of him is, first of all, athletic, by all accounts, extremely quick learner. And why I say that is he went from South Florida for two years to Samford for a year, to South Dakota State. So he's had to adjust to new systems time and time again. So he was able to do it. They had the background on him. And frankly, I think that he might, by no means, see Lamar Jackson. But in as a practice squad player, I think he can be a facsimile Ravens week of Lamar Jackson instead of sticking a wide receiver back there or whatever, you know, for, to give you a good look on, you know, preparing for Ravens week. So 
this makes sense. I'm not going to spend a ton of time on him. I mean, hopefully for him, turns into a long-term backup somewhere or has some good moments in preseason. But that's the the logic behind drafting him with the seventh-round pick. And at the time, I kind of shook my head too. But the more you thought about it, it made a ton of sense to me. Um, back to Rudolph. I think everyone's probably listening is, dump him. Why are they still holding on to him? Trade him for whatever you can. I understand that. Um I don't love him as a player Uh, in a nutshell, independent of system. I think Rudolph's going to be a very good to average backup for a long time. I mean, and and there's value in that. That doesn't mean it was a wasted pick by the Steelers or anything along those lines. If he lasts in the league in that capacity, that's worth it. And it's good that he's here because first of all, He's played in the system. He understands the verbiage. He understands what they want to accomplish. Even though we didn't see that system on the field much last year, he's the elder statesman in the room. I mean, these new guys, you know, Pickett and Trubisky can ask Rudolph, you know, as kind of a conduit to the coaching staff. And, you know, that's not his job to be the coach, but I mean, he's at least seen it and done it. And because of that, I think there's still a very good chance that on opening day, Rudolph is the number two. And that doesn't mean he's the second most valuable guy or the second best quarterback on the team at that point, nor is that a knock on Pickett because I think Trubisky's going to be the starter. Um, But coaches look at it this way is, sure, we might love Kenny. He was awesome in camp, awesome in preseason. But if my starter gets hurt in the second quarter or third quarter of week one, who gives me the best chance to get out of that game with a win? You know, who knows what they've been doing? Who's been in NFL stadiums? Who knows the system? Who understands how to get guys in and out of the huddle to audible, you know, to come back if you got a small deficit or, you know, hold the lead if you have it? Well, Rudolph right now gives you the best bet to do that over Pickett. So all those things have value. And therefore, I don't think he has to go get rid of this guy. You know, I mean, he is a free agent after the year. I think he won't be back probably any which way you cut it unless you write some fairy tale story for him this year. And, you know, he probably signs somewhere else and he helps your comp pick equation, which probably you're not going to get much for him anyway. I mean, if you're going to deal him for a fifth or sixth round pick, you could keep him around. Isn't eating much cap space. Probably get that in return in the comp game a year later. Unfortunately, quarterbacks around the league will get hurt between now and the trade deadline. So he might be somebody they call. Like, I'm not saying the Browns are going to say, wow, Deshaun Watson suspended. We'll call you know Steelers for Rudolph and he'll lead us to the promised land. It's more like somebody gets hurt. They bump up their backup and now they need a backup. So again, you're not going to get first, second round pick. It's not going to be Sam Bradford to the Vikings for a first round pick when Teddy Bridgewater blew out his knee, you know, right before the season. But there might be some more calls once injuries set in around the league. Two, three quarterbacks get hurt through the preseason or whatever. There's at least tape to go off of him. So that's his value, and it's valuable. Um, 
let's get into Pickett. Again, for you guys who don't know, and I mentioned it kind of without you know prefacing it, I was a scout in the league for a year for the Browns. It was actually Ben's rookie year. So it's been a long time. I've been the media since. And love it. I like the media better, to be honest with you. I like seeing my family. I like having a real life. But anyway, um, I didn't look at Pickett. So I'll just pull back the curtain. On draft day, leading up to draft day, all the work Dale and I did together, all the work I did draft prep, I wrote up my top 20 picks if I was in charge of the Steelers. Top, you know, if, if this guy's there, I'm taking him. If he's not, I'm taking this one. Pickett came in at 21. So I would not have taken him at 20, I mean, at the time, but not far off, <laughs> you know. And frankly, when you look at the first round, it really didn't go the Steelers' way. I mean, that there were a couple targets I would have been very interested in that if they were there, I would have jumped all over. And really, it never even came close to fruition. You know, like the two names that I would really like keep my fingers crossed were Jamison Williams, the wide receiver out of Alabama, and Jordan Davis, who I'm sure all you know, the, the big defensive lineman from Georgia. Well, they went 12th and 13, respectively. If either one of them would have slipped to 15, 16, 17-ish, I'm even talking trading up for 20. But when it was all said and done, the guys I liked came off the board pretty quick and weren't really in the equation. So again, full honesty here, if I would have been on the clock in the moment at number 20, those 19 players are gone, I would have taken Dax Hill, a versatile defensive back who ended up going to the Bengals. My next consolation prizes or other considerations would have been Trent McDuffie, who went to the pick after Pickett to the Chiefs. They traded up for him, a corner. And Logan Hall, who's kind of, a, to me, a DeForest Buckner, Calais Campbell-like D lineman. Not a traditional Steelers lineman, but we're seeing that that's not what they're after anymore. He went the first pick in the second round to Tampa Bay. So they take Pickett. Frankly, I didn't have a big problem with it because, again, I mentioned my scouting background. The key in the scouting world, everyone thinks they can evaluate talent well, and scouts are tremendous at it, and guys that are scouting the league are much better at it than I am. Done it for years. But what I know for a fact is knowledge, those guys are private investigators as much as anything, and knowledge of the player and getting good information medically, personality, traits on and off the field, everything you can is unbelievably important. And to me really lessens the chance of a miss. I mean, I'm a big believer, unless you're picking in the top five, which Steelers never are, not missing on first-round picks is unbelievably important. If you can keep hitting singles and doubles in the first round of the NFL draft, you'll always have a good roster. You know, I mean, and I think that's what the Steelers did. That sounds like it's it, it, it sells Kenny short, and, and we'll get to more about him here in a minute. Um, my friends that are still at Pitt, I was there for three years. I was there for, you know, I helped recruit Larry Fitzgerald and was there for his two years. So I left Pitt when Larry left Pitt before I went to the Browns a long time ago, but there's still some people there that I trust and, you know, chatted with. And they all said, I don't know if he's going to be great. I'll bet every dollar I own that, that Kenny will be a good NFL starter. He won't be a bust. The 20th pick in the draft, that's worth it. A good NFL starter is very worth the 20th pick in the draft. And back to the information thing, this I can promise you, that there was no, 
of the 300 and some draft picks or whatever that were made this year, there was zero where the team that drafted the player knew the player better than Pittsburgh taking Pickett. You know, it's just, there's no way around it. I mean, you share a building and all the common threads. They know everything about this guy. They're very comfortable with him. And I don't love his ceiling. You know, I don't think he's a special thrower. I don't think he's a special athlete. You know, Malik Willis has all these traits. But you'll hear me reference, you know, Greg Cosell a lot too. And Greg is, to me, one of the, is probably the most respected we call him the best civilian tape watcher out there. And he he had Pickett as his number one quarterback. And just to kind of quote him or paraphrase, he said, we talk about quarterback traits. And Willis can throw the ball really far and really hard. He can run really fast and he can break tackles. But quarterback traits I like are reading defense, getting the ball out on time with accuracy, having some mobility, doing real quarterback things. And frankly, Kenny Pickett's clearly the best in this draft in, in that regard. I mean, reading defenses, coming from a pro-style offense, leading a team, nowhere to go with football, pre, pre-snap adjustments, the things we talked about with Rudolph, things like that. And people like to say, well, he's the most NFL-ready of the, of the group. I agree with that, but I hate the term NFL-ready because none of these quarterbacks are NFL-ready. I mean, he now has a, a nice situation to learn, not a lot of pressure. If he enters the league the season as the number three, I know a lot of you are going to be losing your mind. Don't. That's kind of part of the plan. Again, Rudolph's trustworthy. He's the two. Pickett doesn't have a package like Willis where there, he needs to be active on game day. I think he can be a very, I think he can be a a quality starter. Um, He's excellent with play action. That's a huge component of the Canada offense. He's more than mobile enough. Again, I'm not talking about his fake slide, run for long touchdown stuff. I'm talking about bootlegging out, throwing on the run, making a guy miss in the pocket when your left tackle blows a block, extend a play here and there, being light on your feet, in more of a Montana-like way than a Lamar-like way, if that's a good way of putting it. I mean, I need I need dancers back there. I mean, I don't need sprinters. I don't need, you know, I think that's what the Canada offense is. Jet motion. I fake the handoff to, you know, a wide receiver screaming across the formation and boot to the right, dump it to Fryermuth for eight yards because I can throw well on the run and get out of the pocket by design. I mean, that kind of stuff. Ball handling. And Trubisky and, and Pickett, their numbers on the move, but especially off play action, are exceptional. I mean, they both have a great history as play action passers. Side note while we're on it. Play action passing is kind of like the cheat code in the league, especially over the last five years. And every year, it makes me bonkers, the Steelers have been at the bottom of the league, like dead last, in terms of play action percentage of their throws. Ben obviously didn't like it. That's fine. Old dog, new tricks, all those things. I'm not here to pick on Ben. But there was a gift that NFL defenses give you that the Steelers were not taking advantage of. I'll bet every dollar I own, which isn't that many, that that is going to change drastically. That they'll be eighth in the in the league in terms of play action passing, not 32nd or 31st. So that's what they're looking for. And again, you you adapt your offense to your quarterback, you know, and they adapted it to Ben, which is a bad fit for Canada. And then last year was a transition year. 
One thing Pickett must work on holds the ball a long time, and, and he got away with that at Pitt. You know, he could he had a pretty good line level competitions, nothing like he's going to face, of course, goes without saying. But he could pat the ball in the pocket a little, wait for stud receiver to get open, wins a Blitnikoff, you know, and, and those type of things. Um, the ball came out very fast here last year, fast as any team in the league. That's not a positive the way we saw it, but it won't be the last in the league either. He's not. He's going to have to process quicker. He's not. He's not going to have to be as comfortable. But he is a good timing and anticipation passer and accurate and all those things add up. He just didn't have to do it a lot at the, at the earlier level, you know. So that's the biggest thing I think to look at with Pickett is is that back foot hit that comes out again Montana esque, you know, the five step drop, boom, that comes out uh, six inches in front of the numbers of Jerry Rice. You know, I mean, again, this isn't Montana to Rice. Um, so I, I get it. The big question to me, if Pickett is a hit, and this is really getting ahead of ourselves, is five years from now. Do you want to give him top 10 quarterback money? I mean, that's the question to me, not do you draft a quarterback without a high ceiling. I can win a lot of games and maybe the Super Bowl with a Derek Carr, Kirk Cousin, Tannehill. I know those names don't make you do jumping jacks on a rookie deal, on a rookie deal, because <laughs> then I'm keeping everybody I want from my roster. He's a good player and I'm surrounding him with stars. I don't know that I'm keeping a player like that at 40 million or by then maybe it's 50 million. So again, money has a lot to do with this equation as does, Hey, let's take a couple bites at the apple. And if either Pickett or Trubisky hits, we're sitting pretty because Trubisky's on a two-year deal. Pickett's you know, tied up for the next four after this year, five total with the fifth year option. So you control how things go. You're hoping that they're both awesome. They probably won't be, but you're hoping they're both awesome. Um, then we'll get to Trubisky, and I'll try to be a little quicker on this. I've been real wordy because a lot of these things apply to him. targets. It wasn't Wilson, Rogers, Watson. To me, I wanted Jameis, Trubisky, a little bit of a gap, Mariota. All those guys with the top two picks in their draft. There's a lot of ability. They've had time to take a step back, learn. The Steelers' familiarity with the Buffalo staff is extremely important here. Kind of goes back to that Pickett-Steeler relationship. The head coaches of the Bills and Steelers are very good friends. They, oh, by the way, Levi Wallace came here. Not an accident. Familiarity, scouting. I mean, there's trends here, folks. Trubisky has a lot of ability. Um, coming out of college, I thought the Bears were bonkers to trade from three to two to take him. Frankly, I had Mahomes as number one quarterback in that class. I'd like to pat myself on the back for that. Nice hit there by Williamson. Um, so uh, Trubisky, I think, was my third quarterback in that draft. I didn't hate him, but I didn't think he was one or two. Um, very talented, though. Why did he fail in Chicago? First off, some of it's on him. I'm not going to ignore that at all. He may never hit. I mean, it, playing quarterbacks leagues hard. But he, he had very few start, starts at North Carolina. Really should have waited much longer than he did to see the field. 
and was in a very bad environment in terms of scheme helping him as well as players around him, but mostly the coaching staff did him no favors. I mean, like this has been going on in Chicago for years. This past year, you know, Justin Fields, they gave him like no checkdowns. I mean, I know it's a different staff and it's different people there, but this is another example of young guys being asked to be Superman when they're not. And that was the case with Trubisky and he failed. Wisely, like Winston to the Saints, you know, or maybe Mario to the Raiders, you take a step back, you learn, you sit in a quarterback room with Josh Allen, who nobody's as talented as Josh Allen, but Trubisky's that same mold. You know, I mean, he's a big, strong, fast guy that is not Josh Allen. No, he's the most talented player in the league, in my opinion, at the quarterback position. But you take a step back and you learn from a great offensive mind and Brian Dayball, who's now the Giants head coach, and you give it another shot at a very team-friendly deal for the Steelers that if he's good, you bring him back. If he's not, you could trade him, you could cut him, whatever. But he's probably going to be here for two years. Pickett could soar past him. That's possible. But folks, Trubisky's going to be the starter. I 90% think that. I mean, unless it's a Russell Wilson-like situation. If you remember, Seattle gave Flynn a lot of money as a backup from the Packers to Seattle. He used a third-round pick on Wilson, and they just couldn't keep Wilson off the field by week one. Boom, they had to bring him back. Okay, fair enough. Um, I don't think that's going to happen. That's rare. They're going to bring Pickett along slowly. They're going to take two bites at the apple. And both these players really fit the system. And I, again, we'll talk more Trubisky, more all these guys going forward. And I'll reference it often on, on the site in written words as well. But I think this is a great gamble with little to lose. That's one of the reasons I didn't have Pickett in my top 20 is because I just wanted to see what Trubisky could do for a year by himself. And I think the Steelers are taking that approach. Like they didn't really even take Pickett in the first round. And that's an overstatement by me. But they want to give Pickett every or Trubisky every chance to run with it. See what we can do. Can you be a top five overall pick like player at this next level? I think it's possible. I'm not predicting it. I'm not saying the, they've the, the, they figured out the answer. They found their next Hall of Famer for the next 18 years. That's not at all what I mean. But this is the approach I would have taken to try to resurrect a young man's career who everyone in Buffalo raves about in terms of how far he's come as a human leader, um, ability to learn, uh, work ethic, all those things. And he grew up a little bit. And he wasn't an immature guy to begin with. He was just in over his head after starting like 12 games at North Carolina. So let him run with it. Pickett's in the in the mix as well. So they're in a good spot with guys that could pan out in a very cheap quarterback room. It's a good equation, and I like it quite a bit. So that's a wrap for me. Um, this was fun, and I'm sure we could. I'm sure there's many things uh, we could talk about here. I didn't have any notes in front of me. I just you know wanted to talk about these four guys from the bottom up initial impressions, where I stand on them. And again, I'm not picking on Ben, but I will bet everything I have that when it's all said and done at the end of the regular season, the Steelers quarterback position will have played better this year than it did last year. And more than anything will be much harder to play against, you know, that they, everything was so short ball had to come out deep shot down the right sideline. I mean, just so much grass. They didn't attack through the air. It was very easy to stack the box guys like Deontay Johnson are getting hit as soon as they, they catch the ball. There's no running room for Najee, you know, and the quarterback really couldn't protect himself anymore at that stage of his advanced and awesome career. 
Well, that's going to be a lot different now. And frankly, I'm very excited about it. And I much condone their attempt to, you know, move on from what they've done post-Ben. It's very similar to the approach I would have taken, um, especially Trubisky, and I very much understand the picket situation. So it works out well. Rudolph's not to be totally counted out. He'll get some reps. He'll get some preseason time. But again, I think they know, and I know, and you guys probably all know, that he's a number two. Again, isn't bad, probably for his life. And if he can last 10, 12 years in this league as number two, great. Pickett, I think, eventually will be a one. We don't know when. And Trubisky, to me, is a dice roll that's extremely worth taking. That considering what it costs you to roll that die at Vegas, your payoff could be massively more than you put down on the table. And frankly, if you lose that chip, it doesn't hurt you bad at all. You know, I mean, so this all makes perfect sense to me. Uh, that is a wrap. I think this is how we'll be doing them going forward. I'll just be sitting here chilling at my bar, just kind of spitballing. And my plan is to dig into running backs next week. I don't know that most shows will be a whole half hour, you know, of one position. It'll probably be running backs and receivers next week or running backs, receivers, tight ends, whatever. But quarterbacks, a big conversation, especially this year, of course, whenever your Hall of Famer is gone and you use a first round pick on a quarterback. So I thought this warranted an entire you know, off-season, first-ever Williamson DK podcast, and I hope you enjoyed it. So drop me a line. Uh, I am at Williamson NFL on Twitter, pretty active there. I have some other outlets I work for, too. You can find things there and other podcasts. So check all those good things out, and I will be back soon. Over and out.